0: well hey there and welcome back to the vision driven mom podcast i'm super excited to have you here today for this conversation with jody chafee about family culture now family culture is its a concept that has just recently come into my awareness although it is not new okay it's just recently, coming into my awareness, but I really feel like I've been trying to do this in my own family and in my own life since my kids were, uh, were real little. And you know, when I broke apart my life, (laughs) anyway, we go deep into the fact that every family has a culture, whether by design or by default, we talk about the three main components of family culture. We talk about Jodi's road trip uh, framework for creating your family culture and constructive ways to cope with stress to cultivate better habits within the home. Now, Jody Chafee is the founder of our Modern Heritage Academy, LLC, where she empowers families to live more intentionally, to cultivate their vision and values, and prepare their children to grow into their life's purpose and mission. I love that. And you can listen to her every week on the Family Culture Movement. It's her podcast. She's a seasoned podcaster. She's a homeschool mom and family culture expert. She obtained a degree in health promotion and lifespan development, and she loves all things parenting, health, entrepreneurship, and homeschooling. So if you've ever wondered, is it possible to redefine my family And to create my own unique family culture, well, in this episode, Jody is going to show us how. All right. Enjoy the episode. This is the Vision Driven Mom podcast, and I'm your host, Tracy Nolan Bierman, for moms, by moms who believe that anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories from moms that have journeyed through motherhood, from fear, loss, and heartbreak to healing, empowerment, and success. Motherhood is truly the journey of a lifetime, so let's enjoy the ride together. All right, so Jody, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Hi, Tracy. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm
0: really excited to learn more about family culture, the family culture movement. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Like how did this all come into being?
1: Yeah. So about a little over four years ago is when I started my podcast. And I started because well, I'm a homeschool mom and I was learning a lot from some of the homeschool, other homeschool moms and influencers in the homeschooling community. And they did bring up this, this phrase every once in a while, family culture and the concept of the dynamics, the feeling in your home or things that we model for our children that ultimately lead to whether or not they're successful or our family is happy. But really around that time is when my husband and I, we've always had a really great relationship, but career wise... And as far as like life satisfaction goes, we were really struggling. And we started to feel like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen when we were stuck in living in around Washington, DC, super expensive to live there, by the way, (laughs) and we were students or my husband was just barely starting out career. And was also during the time of the recession, Mm -hmm. we started realizing that this life satisfaction stuff was really starting to crumble and Mm -hmm. we were starting to spiral into a pattern of crushing debt and depression yeah, <laughs> and right. mm-hmm. that's like our reality and so I started to recognize that and I was like if I don't start doing something and starting to figure this out because I've known couples who seemed like they were happy and then suddenly they announced they're, they're getting a divorce and it's like how does that happen there's something going on behind the scenes that we just don't know about Because it's such a personal thing, we're just going to be like, hey, we're starting to kind of struggle and this is what's going on. Nobody talks about that. And I also started to recognize and, and feel like, okay, so this path that we were on, we did everything we were supposed to do. We did everything right like we went to school we checked off all the boxes we're doing this marriage thing and family and house and cars and whatever that we were supposed to do we were just miserable and it looked to us the future like i remember one time sitting down with michael my husband and being like okay what's our five-year plan Mm -hmm. and it was just dark because it was like okay if we want to get out of this situation it's either continue working at an underemployment or toxic environment or you go back to school Right. Or, and it was just like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do this? That sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started to realize and start to kind of question the status quo of that path of checking off all those boxes. And I started to realize as I've gone through understanding family culture is those norms and constructs don't serve everybody <laughs> and they aren't always going to be the right thing. We're never really taught to question those things. It's just, okay, well, that's what my parents did or that's what society and my teachers have always told me I should do. I mean, in our culture and in society, we're asked at, in like third grade, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up right. or younger? And we're expected to know. <laughs> I just started to realize, wait a second, that's what was going on. And my upbringing was, well, you should have a goal of doing something that is marketable or doing something right, that is, right. you know, going to bring your family security and even affluence if you uh, get that lucky, but never, Hey, what is your passion or what do you dream of doing? Right, right. And so that's why I started to really look into this because I was like, I want to be able to give that to my children. What does that look like? How do I help them to aspire towards their dreams and towards mastery rather than just passing the tests or things like that and having this appearance of success, but like really what is going on underneath the surface that is truly bringing that, that thriving added dynamic into our family culture. So that's basically where it started. And I have cultivated really a framework of what it looks like, what family culture is, and why it's so important because it's everything.
0: If you are not happy in your home, I mean, that's your safe place, right? That's your haven. If you are not happy in your home, that extends out everywhere in your whole entire life. That's your, that's your base, your foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It takes courage to question those societal norms and the way that things have always been done. Well, it's always been done that way. Yeah. But is that the right way? Has it ever been? Does it work for anyone really?
1: <laughs> you know? Well, not anymore so much. I, you yeah. think about the outline that we've always been told, go to school, get good grades, get a job. Actually, the institutionalized jobs that we expect to be there aren't going to be there in the future. and They're starting to be replaced by automations and robots and you know, all these kinds right, of things. Right. And so I'm just like, okay, how do I raise my kids in this world that's ever changing? And we can't predict what it's going to look like in the future. Yeah. So, and around that time also, it's, I was watching some like the Olympics, for example, and it was like, oh, these people, How did these kids know what they wanted to do from such a young age? There's all these different ideas that started just spinning around in my head. Like, how do I create an environment where my kids feel like they have a choice and that they can pursue that choice, whatever that is. And so that was what was really inspiring to me. I just want, I just want my kids to thrive. Simultaneously, I wanted to be able to model that for us, for right. them. My husband and I, because we were spiraling into that, the depression and the debt and things like that, it was like, that became our reality. We've had to learn how to just thrive in spite of it right. or just learn to cope with it and things like that. And so we wanted to be able to get our family to a place where we were safe. And yeah. where we didn't have to depend on, ultimately, my goal is job optional. And, because, and so I consider myself equally an entrepreneur as I am at this family culture path because that ultimately what's going to impact our family culture is whether or not we are so present as we want to be.
0: Yeah, exactly. I love that. I love that. So I have just, I mean, I guess I've always been aware of it, but I didn't really know that there was a term for it, family culture. It's just begun percolating in me what exactly that means. My husband and I, we come from two very different families. He, He comes from the loud family and I come from the quiet family. And when we got together, we knew that we wanted something different. We wanted something different for our family, but we didn't know what we didn't know what we wanted. We didn't know how. We just knew that we wanted something different. So if I was coming to you in this place of here I am, I don't want this. I don't want this. We want something else. Wh- how would you guide me? What would be my first step?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because you're exactly right. Unless you have either have a traumatic experience where you get culture shock and you see what's going on outside of some of the, in, in another culture, or you decide that you don't want something that you grew up with. A lot of people don't really recognize that there's culture within everything that you experience. I like to say culture, family culture, every family has a culture, whether by default or by design. That, yeah. <laughs> and I also say, Oh, it's like that joke that there's these two goldfish swimming in the water and one swims at them and they're like, Hey, how's the water? And he's like, wait, what's water? Right. And and so that's basically what our family culture is because it's just the dynamics, the norms, it's the customs, it's the traditions, it's the language. And these are things that passed on to us from our heritage of -hmm. our families, or they are things that we just pick up in society. Family culture is socialization because it's the, it's what is modeled for us. It's the narratives that we create because of re- responses to situations. It's how we develop our worldview of how, what we believe about world, whether it's a safe place or not, or these different things. Right. Family culture is all those things. And so it's, when I talk about it, it's, oh, it's so big, but at the same time, it's so, it's also very simple. Yeah. Because it's just the way that you show up to your life and to the world, okay. and that's the first start, the beginning of understanding your family culture is first taking inventory right. of what your family culture is and what it looks like. And so when I describe family culture, is like a road trip, right? Okay. <laughs> like right. You're coming together as a family, and you're gonna come together, get pile up into this vehicle, and that's going to be the vehicle. That may or may not be the same vehicle throughout the the course of your journey. But at the beginning, you got to decide what does that actually look like? There's this experience that I had when I first learned about this concept of family culture, where I was a missionary for my church. And so, and I had the opportunity to go to Hawaii. Hawaii is a beautiful place and a lot of amazing, beautiful people, a lot of different cultures. When I was there, I met this newlywed couple that they were both from different countries. We'd have meals and members of the church and with their families and things like that. And this new couple invited us over to have dinner. And as soon as we walked into their house, it was like, or their little apartment, actually a student apartment, (laughs) they were just getting started in their lives. And Mm -hmm there was clear tension going on. And I was kind of freaking out. Okay, what's going on? They had just been given this advice that interracial couples are never going to make it. And so they were really upset and for good reason. And I was upset after watching them because I thought, well, what if I get married to somebody from another country and I fall in love and we want to make this work? How do you make this work? So I went to somebody who had experience. There was this gentleman who was also a missionary and he and his wife were They'd been married for decades, I think. He was from Tonga and she's American. And Mm -hmm. so they'd done this interracial thing, which is awesome, intercultural merit. And so I went to him, I was like, how did you do this? How do you make that work? I'll never forget what he said because it impacted me so much that he just, adamant. he's like, you forget about where you come from Mm. and you adopt the, what he said was you adopt the church culture as your new culture, your new family culture. When I look back on that now, I understand what he means is you have to come together and agree on right. what you want your family culture to look like, it's a good idea if you have some frameworks and systems in place that work. And right. if you can model those off, not necessarily repeating the same patterns of others who are mod- that you're modeling off of, but you're modeling something that actually works. And right, to me, right. when he said the church, it was like, yeah, there are systems in place with that our church does implement. It's really just that idea of coming together and agreeing on what you want that family culture to look like is like defining what is that vehicle? vehicle. <laughs> what is it that you want like it. it to be and taking inventory? And so what does that look like? Well, it's your heritage. It's what you're mm-hmm. bringing from your family history. And it's also the stories that define who you are, create that identity about, because story is everything, right? There's right, right. <laughs> been stories about around every experience <laughs> and it creates our narrative and beliefs. And so those are stories that, create shape that vehicle, what, who you are as a family. Right. Okay. These are different components. And then it's the, the traditions and norms and customs that you bring them with you into your family that also shape that vehicle and then the actual environment. Of what yeah. that vehicle looks like. We're a minivan family. That's our, we're practical. We're, it's, that's, you're going to use a direct analogy. That's us. Right. So we're functional. We like to keep things practical and whatever your family looks like, maybe somebody like they're not practical. They like sports cars or they like you know, things like right, that. Right. Or maybe they're ultra practical and they want a sports utility vehicle or things like that. Well. That's how you just come together and you take inventory of what that looks like for your family and and then decide and agree what's going to work for everybody going forward. And that's just the beginning. And then there's
0: like the how, <laughs> then yep. there's that whole, so how do you, and Jody? it takes courage to kind of step mm-hmm. up and out and really create something that is yours that might be a little different than norm. And really in a family, you have all of these individual people. So everybody's unique for one thing. And then mm-hmm. in this strange societal norm where we're always all supposed to be, the same. It doesn't make sense. So what you're saying yeah. makes complete sense that you're taking this whole, and you know, how do we, what would you do next? What would you, so you've kind of a roadmap, what you want. And just a little side note, you were talking about the minivan and this year that's kind of your, <laughs> when I met my husband, we have an airplane, a little four seat airplane. My husband has been flying for 30 years. So he followed his dreams when he was in his twenties and he became a pilot. So my kids have grown up at this, I'm um, going to this little airport. And it's not, yes. not the international airport by any means. <laughs> it is this culture, but it's this, when we say, when we're talking to somebody and they say, and we say, oh yeah, well, well, we camped out at the airport and we're like, what? <laughs> part of our family culture. Yeah. It's yeah. part of who we are. And the cool yeah. thing that as I'm thinking about this and I'm getting excited because the cool thing is when your kids get to be, when they go off to college or whatever they do after they leave your home, they'll have stories that are going to be completely unlike the stories of the other people. Think about my kids going off to college or becoming adults and, and, oh yeah, we used to go to the airport and we'd ride go-karts and all this. And (laughs) just look at them like, what you did? What? but how cool is that? Yeah. We can create that. We don't have to exactly. do that. The soccer thing and the, and the dance thing. And the, I mean, which is all good and beautiful and great, but we don't have to follow that. Yeah. We don't have to do that. We can come from within our family. So how does that, once you've kind of decided what you want, then what do you do after that?
1: I love what you, that you brought that up. That's what you're known for. Cause that's really what family culture is about. What are you becoming known for? What are the stories that you repeat again and again? Mm. Yeah. And the traditions that you have. And it's because I studied a lot of business. And, and I, when I would read business books, it's, I would read it with this family culture perspective in mind that family culture is like your family brand. It's really, you know, what you're saying when you're talking about, oh, yeah, we drive a. Honda Odyssey or something. What's that what to expect? And so right. when your family has these consistencies, you, your family, you kind of come to know what to expect and things like that. And even I don't know if you've watched the The Mandalorian. Have you guys watched that at all? We love it's The Mandalorian. Dis- okay, yes, we okay. do. <laughs> so every time in The Mandalorian, when he says, This is the way.
0: Right. And everybody
1: knows what he's talking about. Yeah. He, or it's just okay. We accept that.
0: This is and the way. that's I love basically
1: that. every time he says, I'm like, family culture. Yeah, because that's how it becomes when mm. you all are on board and you understand, okay, yeah, this is what we're known for. But here's how you establish that. Because just knowing what your norms are, what your vehicle is, and your identity is just the beginning. Because when you're on a road trip, you got to know how to navigate and where you're going to go. And right. so <laughs> there's four components of navigation that that are in my frameworks that there's the destination knowing where you're going. So we, mm-hmm. we established with a vehicle where we're starting because you can't know where you're going. If you don't know where you're starting.
0: That's true. So That's true. Okay.
1: The Destination and then your GPS <laughs> mm-hmm. and then your compass and then the street signs and the traffic lights and things along the way that guide you and help you stay safe. Mm, so right. those things are an analogous with your mission, your vision, your values and your policies okay? okay so it's like those things are what you establish together as a family to decide all right where are we going like right. where do what is it going to look like in 40 years from now yeah. as a family are we going to be butting heads and being like i don't want to be anything <laughs> i want to be anywhere near those people right. or are we going to be able to harmoniously sit down to a dinner table and enjoy one another's company mm-hmm. what does that look like and then the global positioning is the big picture, having a vision. If you don't know where you are in this whole process, okay, when you're on a road trip, okay, let's get out the GPS, figure out where we are from this big picture satellite, thousand foot picture of where we are and get uh, the how and the why. Because I think if you don't know how or why, you're going to just start going, why why am I doing this? Let's just pull this car over and uh, I'm done. I'm getting (laughs) out. Right, (laughs) right, right. And so the GPS is really crucial, having that mm-hmm. vision and being able to refine that as much as you can to have that vision be as vivid as possible. You know, what does it feel like when you sit down at the dinner table and, oh,
0: Jenny, you are speaking my language, my <laughs> friend. This
1: is the vision driven moms, right? <laughs> right? this is what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. That vision is so crucial, and it's being able to plug into that big picture. That's going to be so important because it's not just about the destination. You want to be able to have, okay, but what does that look like? What does that feel like? Right. And why are we doing this? Yeah, I
0: that. love that. And I, I love that. First of all, with the vision, like the way that I teach working with a vision is that when you know what you want, you know what to say yes to, you know what to say no to. And you also know, is this decision taking me closer to what I want? Is this decision taking me closer to my vision and to my ultimate, my vision of my family? or is it taking me away? Kind of like with everything that you do, with every step that you take. So I love that. I love that you that you talk well, about vision. You, but define it. you have right. to
1: define it or you're just going to be floundering. I think when you break away from the status quo, it's scary because yeah. then you don't have that handbook or you don't have the the script to follow to be like, oh, I'm supposed to check off these boxes. Oh, wait. There's no, I got to make up the boxes. What are the boxes? That's right. What would we love to
0: experience as a family? Now, do you do this with your, with just your husband or do you do this with the whole family or how does that look?
1: It's got to start with you personally it's got to start with you. You got to decide what you want. And yeah. then, yeah, sitting down with your partner and deciding together what that looks like and then bringing the kids and to give, it, let them give their input. It's not right. just, okay, we've sat down and we've decided. So now this is what it is. Exactly. It's, cause this is what we're trying to get away from, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because, okay. Cause that's the next, cause we talked, there are those three components, right? There's, Of family culture that I talk about, and first is the vehicle, and then navigation, and then maintenance. Navigation part is very sequential because you need to know your destination before you can really have that vision. And then the core values are like your compass. Yeah. If you have your vision in place, then you're going to know what your values are, your your core values, and it'll start to define that. Because I think. A lot of times we, things rub us the wrong way and we're just like, why does that feel wrong? Mm -hmm. And, oh, that's because it does not align with my values.
0: I love that (laughs) you you said that. Yes, absolutely. So that's going
1: to help you to define that as well. And then the policies, those street signs and traffic lights and things, those mm-hmm. are like your house rules, your family right. rules. But we just make them up as we go. There's just gonna be power struggles and butting heads, and we're just gonna it's just gonna be like, why do I have to do that, mom? Why remember when we sat down and talked about our core values? We decided on this rule because that's our value, right? Like mm. we our core value is safety. And so we have a rule about wearing our helmets, we ride our bikes, right. wearing a seatbelt. And so if I love that, that is your core value, then suddenly you say, Well. Because our core value is safety, our family wears seat belts. And so right. whenever somebody else comes into your car and they don't put on their seatbelt, you can look at them and your kids will then understand, hey, our family wears our seat belts because we value safety. <laughs> right. And so it just comes, it just makes sense.
0: I love that too, that, and that you bring up the core values because when I, and it goes right back to those societal values that we kind of pick up. When I had my kids, I put my family at, in my own core values. Actually, I didn't even know what my core values were and, until I got into the work that I do now, but I was putting my family as number one in my core values. Now they're Mm -hmm. up there, they're in my top five, but they're not number one. My growth, my personal growth is number one. And I had put, I had literally taken all of my personal development books put them in a box, put them in the attic. I literally put my core values in the attic when I had kids and I replaced them with all parenting books and that kind of thing. So knowing you Mm kind of have to, you have to have some self-awareness here. You have to know yourself and then you have to decide uh, on your core values. But that's the thing because your core values are what what you have your vision, but your core values are that's your why, you know, your why, like you just said, we wear seatbelts because safety is part of our core values of our family. I love yeah. that. I love that. And I have not even, I've never thought about values, family values, but not in that way. I love that you brought it up in that way. That's really beautiful.
1: And I love that you brought up that you are, your self-care is your, is your top core value because there are hierarchies of val- of core values, right? right. And that's something that I'll get into in a second. When we talk about maintenance too, but problem is that so much of our society is what you put yourself burst yeah how dare you and so that's a big part of my message too is look you got to listen to what's going on inside of you because society isn't going to understand they're not going to get it a lot of times and it's well you just need to learn how to listen to that voice and when you define your mission vision values and you will begin to it gets easier it gets easier to say sorry, not sorry. (laughs) And that's okay. I'm okay with honoring my own boundaries and what's going on in my soul for what my core values are.
0: Right. And then you get to teach your kids because they're always watching those little eyes, ears, and hearts are always watching you. Not just what you do, not what you say. Sometimes I think it's like by osmosis. So if you are honoring yourself, they feel it. it. My whole entire family was feeling that I was not honoring my core values. I didn't even know. I was so interesting. At that point, I think I had at least 20 years of yoga under my belt and I thought I was the self-aware person, but I was not I was not self-aware. It it (laughs) took like becoming a parent to really become self-aware. But once you're, and it's something that you develop and that you can develop this, you you can do this right alongside your family culture. You can develop yourself as you're developing your family. I love this, Jenny.
1: Yes. And that's where the maintenance side of things come in because your family culture is going to evolve and you're going to hit detours and road b- bumps along the way and all this kind of right. stuff. Our families are dynamic. They're not static. It's, we're always growing and changing and our needs change and our personalities can evolve and things like that. And so it's, there's this process of just like if any vehicle needs tire rotations and fuel right, right, and oil right. change, these things, I'm not a car person, but you know, our vehicles need maintenance, just like our homes, just like our bodies, everything needs maintenance. Right. And so there's the things that I believe are super important for us to cultivate in that process of of maintenance is having constructive coping sc- strategies. Mm. We mentioned that in our, my interview a you. And that
0: constructive it's, coping, it, it's beautiful because it, there we have lots of coping mechanisms, but yep. they're not always constructive. They're yep. not always healthy.
1: Well, because when we're in stress, when we're in that flight or flight, we default back to our norms and the right. customs and, and the behaviors that we're accustomed to already. If our default is destructive patterns or reactive patterns or escape, patterns, these kinds of things that aren't constructive and they aren't conducive to responding in a healthy way to the changes and the stressors that we experience, then we're just going to get derailed. We're just going to, that vehicle is going to break down. That vehicle is going to, we're going to want to like pull over and be like, or how often we say, I'm going to turn this car around. (laughs) Do you want me to turn this car around? (laughs) Well, in life, that looks like I'm done. I want to go back to revert back to where I was 10 years ago or whatever, when it's like I'm digressing and I'm not progressing. And so constructive coping strategies, any coping strategy ultimately ends up defining our family culture Mm. because those are the things we are accustomed to arise and they come, they rear their heads and they're like, well, that's just who I am. I'm not going to change. And whoa, wait a second. We're on a mission to evolve here. <laughs> like, right. we want to be able to respond to these things constructively in a growth mindset in a way right. that, yeah, this is stressing me out. Okay, how do I want to respond to this? Yeah. Or let me just become totally conscious and mindful and aware of what I'm dealing with. So that first step is, okay, remember my core values. Right. I don't want to respond with, to this in alignment with that core value yeah. and not just react. Yeah. So that is just so crucial, and I in this analogy of it being a road trip, like if your compass is broken and your your GPS is broken and you don't know where you're headed, this is actually taking out a paper map and being like, okay, all right, where are we going? That's just slow down and review everything and where we are at and all of this because right. these things are inevitable. We're just going to experience are- them.
0: I know I'm thinking about the stages, the ages and stages of families, just in our kids and how they change from when they're babies. Like, it, I mean, because your culture, it has to constantly be. We have to allow for adjustment. Yes, we can still have our base, our vision, yep. our core values, and but we can shift, and we have to be open to shifting. Because if we're not, if we're so, and this is the thing that I, I talk about with when you're creating a vision is it's having that being super clear about what you want, but also leaving it with an open hand. So it's this, it's kind of flowy, it's crystal clear, but allowing for life and maybe something better that comes along.
1: Yeah. Well, I like to think of having a vision as that there is a way to get to that destination, but it might not always be the way that you thought, And that's Okay. Yeah. Like be willing to say, okay, we're going to discover a way to get to that destination and I'm yeah. going to visualize it and let that evolve and change as we go. And that's part of the beauty of that process because as your family grows and it changes and you involve them in that process, then you grow from it because right. that's definitely one of those things that this idea of our family stories and things coupled with that is the shared experiences that shape us. Yeah. And a lot of times those shared experiences are actually traumatic Mm -hmm. (laughs) there are things that if sometimes we need to go through the physical or emotional or spiritual traumas that we experience in life and we use them as opportunities to bind our family not to break us apart and when we use constructive and we couple that with constructive coping strategies then those traumatic experiences can strengthen us, can bond mm. us together. And we can, well, those are the stories that we're going to keep. Hey, remember that time that we went on an actual road trip and our car broke down and we, this happened to my family. And, <laughs> and we ended up staying at a campground for like an extra week. And it was, a, uh, those are things that we get to laugh about later right. because it was right. something that bonded us. And, and so using those as an opportunity to strengthen your family. That's like the true struggle. I think that's the true like test of of our character and our ability is if we can take those things and say, you know what, I'm going to set an intention that we're going through something different right now. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. We're going to keep our core in place, but going to need to do things a little bit different for a little while so that we can respond to this constructively. Let's allow ourselves to enjoy this scenic route for an extra week instead of pushing an agenda when we really need to just take that time. Exactly.
0: Right now, there are a lot of families who are going through that, what we've been through for the past year, just that, okay, we were heading in a direction. We had this amazing summer plant of we were going to we were taking the kids to France we were going to stay there for two weeks and we were going to go on this family reunion and we we had uh, up in New York and we were going to go to I was going to take the kids to the Statue of Liberty and like we had this whole entire summer full of fun things to do it didn't work out that way but mm-hmm. you know what it's okay you know we've pushed it to this year Eh, maybe we'll have to push it to next year, but it's okay. We yeah. found other ways. We actually spent an incredible amount of time. We got a boat. We spent a lot wow. of time at the lake, like, but that it was okay. Er, we're just going to yep. do a little adjustments and, and that's okay. And then sometimes when we're, when we allow that space, we're still sticking with who we are and our vision and our core values and all of that. But sometimes we found, find something that might be even better you know, yeah, that, yeah. Oh, I'm going to allow, like I said, of the being crystal clear about what you okay. want, but kind of let it be flowy with an open hand that, you know, wow, there there could be something even better that we hadn't even thought about.
1: Yeah. I like yeah. that. I like allowing that's a good word to just yeah. allow things to just to be, I think that for so many families, like if you're, say, if you're a new mom or you're adding another baby to your life or something mm, like that, right. when you set an intention beforehand, look, we're going to take some time to adjust. Yeah. And that's okay. Or Try, I'm right. gonna need some, you know, it's extra time to to nurture this newborn because they they require a little bit extra. Or a friend of mine, I had her on my podcast to talk about when her son passed away. She called them grief pounds. Those are things that they realize we're gonna enjoy eating out more often. We're gonna right. enjoy those desserts. Or we're gonna enjoy because the reality is we're grieving and we're going to honor that need. At some point, we're going to maybe transition into different the different stages of grief or the different stages of life, but allowing these things to just to be and recognizing that you can set an intention in the, even in the middle of it and say, right. I just realized that, this new baby thing is really hard and I think I'm gonna need to set some extra rest. I think I'm gonna need an extra nap. I think I'm gonna need some clearer boundaries that that I'm not ready to go back to X, Y, and Z in in the world right now and that's okay.
0: Jody, I love this. I love this process. I love the analogy too. I'm big on analogies and like I'm visualizing, okay, I've got the vehicle and then I've got the GPS. So I love, it helps me to see. And and honestly, our minds think in pictures. So when we're words are words, but when you can put it into a visual, I think it's amazing. I have loved this and learning more about the family culture because I'm really intrigued with the idea. And we are sitting down, I create vision boards every year on my own, but this weekend we're going to sit down the whole family. Everybody's going to create their own. I have already done mine, but I'm going to walk them through my process of creating vision boards. So everybody's going to do their own and then we're going to do one for our family and which I'm really super excited about. Now, can you tell us about a time where you either achieved something or you overcame something that you thought was impossible in motherhood?
1: And motherhood, hmm. becoming a mom. <laughs> it was because I put so much. Emphasis on what a big responsibility that is to yeah. be a mom. I have an older sister who became a mom when I was young. I kind of took on some responsibility. I was babysitter. Mm, I was, you know, right. and I watched what my sister kind of went through becoming a mom, and she's a great mom. And I kind of felt like I had to live up to that a little bit too. And so I was really intimidated when I found out we were expecting our first. I was terrified. Yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, oh, what is this? It's going to change our lives, or this person's going to be dependent on me. And, but, I wanted to take that responsibility. I wanted to be a good mom. But when my daughter arrived, she and I are like polar opposites from (laughs) birth. Hey, I have one of those (laughs) too. She has so much energy. She's very social, and I am, but more on an intimate level. I like this one-on-one stuff. But she would push me to be like, "Hey, we're gonna go out to the park again today. Are you gonna call some people?" I'm like, "Oh, I just want to stay in." Right, right, right. <laughs> but from birth, she just was so much. She was a handful because yeah. she was. She didn't want to miss anything. She, every time was like, wait well, yeah, time to put you down to bed. She was like, nope, not having that. And so I went through this process of, okay, we were doing the washing machine at one o'clock in the morning thing where she's put her in her car seat and let her bounce on the washing machine. I remember that. <laughs> now, when I look back, I'm like, don't ever do that. I, Whatever. You got to go through it. what do you yeah. do? But it was hard. It was yeah. hard. And when I found out that we were expecting our second, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't, I can't do this with two babies. I right. can't do this. I started confusing, anything I could about being a mom and there were all these books that people were recommending about this is the deep wise powder and blah 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 and so many of them just didn't resonate with me right. I couldn't just put her down and expect her to cry it out or I couldn't and I also couldn't do the co sleeping thing and so mm-hmm. I needed to find a balance in the middle <laughs> and right, right. for me it was the baby whisperer mm-hmm. that was my solution. We worked together, me and my daughter, even though she was only 15 months. I mean, she was just a baby, but we partnered in that. I didn't want, I created that. I felt like I created her dependence on me because I didn't know how to, I didn't know what it looked like to train her to honor her own sleep patterns or things like that. And so we worked together to help her to transition into being able to, it's okay. It's okay. Everything's gonna be okay. I'm right, still here, right. and we're gonna work through this together. She's 11 now, and she still comes up and checks on me. And <laughs> she comes and checks on me, <laughs> me to check things like that. And she, she's such a sweet kid. She just wants to be connected. Yeah. I was able to, we were able to work through that together to just be like, you know what? We need to be able to create a loving relationship where where both of our needs are being honored, <laughs> even from right. that little stage. Yep. And so we were able to, to overcome that together. She's just such a great kid that mm. I couldn't, I just couldn't just put her down <laughs> in any way, shape or form, discourage moms who do like co-sleeping or baby right. hearing, all that kind of stuff. I did that too. But like for us, she needed to be able to, I need to be able to put her down without yeah. her. Screaming her head off.
0: I get it, and I know that a lot of our listeners can completely relate. We're talking about, I can. We were very adamant about we, it's a story for another time. Yeah. Always been very on it about sleep and routines, just because yep. of what we went through yep. in the very beginning. Jody, this has been great. I've loved our time together. I so can you tell our listeners about how they can get a hold of you.
1: Yes, absolutely. So my website is homeandfamilyculture.com. It's all -hmm. one word, home and family culture. And that's where my podcast home is and where you can connect with me on all my social media platforms. That's where you can go find me, homeandfamilyculture.com.
0: Perfect, perfect. And yes, you have to check out Jodi's podcast. It's amazing. And it's all about family culture. And she brings in all of these amazing guests. You've been doing it for years now, right?
1: Yeah, a little over four years.
0: Okay, a little over four years, uh, jam packed full of great stuff. So definitely hop on over, subscribe, rate, review her podcast. Definitely. And Jodi, this has been really amazing. I have loved our time together. Like I said, like we were talking about earlier, I think that we could talk for days, (laughs) but I have to go. (laughs) So do you, but we'll do it another time. Maybe we can revisit some of these things. I like to unpack everything that that we talk about. And then I'm like, oh, we could do that on another episode at some point, maybe next year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This has been great. Thank you so much for coming and for spending your time and sharing all the goodness about family culture. Thank you so much, Tracy. Thanks for having me sure sure and just remember that anything is possible even in the midst of motherhood goodbye for now Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom podcast. Now, if you haven't already, go ahead and download the High Vibe Toolkit. It's a mom's guide for taking yoga off the mat and into your life. You'll learn how to create your own unique toolkit full of tools for raising your vibe quickly and getting yourself out of a funk in record time next time you find yourself in one. Because funk happens, right? You'll learn how to tap into your inner mentor to cultivate more joy, more connection, and more harmony in your life as you return to your natural high vibe self. You'll raise the vibe in your home as you reclaim your own inner vibe. Now, this is the only guide designed to help moms who want to feel alive keep their yoga vibe flowing both on and off the mat, no matter what comes next. So download the High Vibe Toolkit at www.highvibetoolkit.com and reclaim your inner vibe. Anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Goodbye for now.